the America I chose as my home. When I escaped from Hungary in 1947, I first went to England and studied at the London School of Economics. I came under the influence of Karl Popper, the philosopher, and learned about the difference between open and closed societies. After I had been successful in the financial markets, I established a network of foundations fostering open societies. As a practical promoter of democracy in various parts of the world, I feel qualified to contribute to a rethinking of America's role in the world. I bring to the task a conceptual framework that I started developing in my student days and kept revising in the light of experience. In many ways it differs from the prevailing wisdom. Some of the terms I use, open society, reflexivity, radical fallibility, fertile fallacies, the human uncertainty principle, and the various stages of the boom-bust process, may be unfamiliar to the reader. I give a brief explanation of my conceptual framework in the appendix. This book has grown out of my previous one, George Soros on Globalization. In that book, I examined our international financial and trade institutions, IFTIs, and suggested ways to make them more effective. At that time, my main concern was with the excesses of market fundamentalists who are opposed to any interference with market forces. They attacked our IFTIs from the right while the anti-globalization movement was assailing those institutions from the left. I recognized the deficiencies of the global capitalist system, and I argued that they could be cured by reforming and strengthening our IFTIs, not by destroying them. Of course, my argument was at odds with the Bush administration's posture, but September 11 gave rise to a moment of national reflection that might have led to a change of attitudes, and I did not want to let the moment pass. President Bush led the country and the world in a different direction. He used September 11 to assert our right to preemptive military action. My main concern now is with the excesses of that approach. The government of the most powerful country on earth has fallen into the hands of extremists who are guided by a crude form of social Darwinism. Life is a struggle for survival and we must rely mainly on the use of force to survive. This is a distorted view. The survival of the fittest depends on cooperation as well as competition. The pursuit of military superiority is closely allied with market fundamentalism, which also emphasizes competition to the detriment of cooperation. But the Bush administration was able to carry the nation behind it by playing up the terrorist threat. Prior to September 11, the excesses of a false ideology were kept within bounds by the normal functioning of our democracy. The war on terror temporarily silenced criticism and carried us beyond normalcy. It is when we invaded Iraq that we entered what I call far-from-equilibrium territory. I see a certain parallel between the pursuit of American supremacy and the boom-bust pattern that can be observed from time to time in the stock market. The bubble is now bursting. The purpose of this book is to explain how we got into the mess in which we currently find ourselves and what America's role in the world ought to be. I shall subject the Bush administration's policies to a critical examination in Part 1 and spell out a constructive vision of America's role.